What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now batting number four, four sponsors on the pod this week. (coughs) Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Another day, another pod, and you know, I'm. I, we uh, we set out. We start looking at all things we talk about, and we go, "God, this is, uh, this is a meaty podcast yet again." Don't let anybody tell you it's not. No, uh, can't wait. Big day today. Might be recording a little early because might be playing a little golf in the afternoon. Could but, be. Could know, be. Don't tell anybody. Don't don't tell our bosses, guy. Yeah. <laughs> I won't <laughs> let you know if you don't let me know. I won't tell anybody. Uh, I won't tell anybody. Where are these guys? We're right out on the golf course. You'll hear, you'll hear Middlecoff yelling because he found out he's got to give me a stroke. I, uh, I, I did some. I went to the range yesterday and I, I utilized Podrick Harrington's Instagram. Yeah, he, he might be the number one teacher on the internet, and he just posts, you know, Instagram videos of teaching lessons. I don't know. He's only won three majors, so what does he know? Do you think it's because does he play in any events anymore? I think he's kind of the way he talks. Just doing some uh, some recon on his Instagram page. He's forty eight years old. I, I probably lives overseas, you know, in Ireland, and I, I'm pretty sure he just kind of teaches and maybe does, you know, when the British Open happens, he gets to play yeah. in that because he won it a couple times. But I don't think he's that competitive anymore for an older guy. But Mutual of Omaha gave him a lot of money, and you know, he's got to get the impressions for the clicks on the hat that he's wearing because he wants to keep the paycheck. And so he's got to do an Instagram page. I also just wonder though, if he's just like uh, either a lifetime, they're like his lifetime sponsor, or he just has a lot of those hats. You know, I would imagine if we did some Googling, how much money he's made in his career, it'd be a lot. Yeah. Right. But who knows? Uh, let's see Pat, Patty Harrington earnings. No, I, I'm, I would think you have a sponsor net worth. It's, I mean, who knows? These net worth numbers are usually BS, but says 40 million but you know you got a sponsor that's been very very good to your family you 
you have a good relationship with them and um, you appreciate them. You appreciate yeah. them. the way that we appreciate uh, everybody out there slang and food in the restaurant business right now, too, by the way. And you had this idea. I think it's a really good idea to just tell anybody out there listening, if you're in the restaurant business or if you have a restaurant that you love, you know, preferably not Carl's Jr.'s. Carl's Jr. <laughs> Major chain. That's well, doing just well, fine, well, GC but... yesterday, they all, they all got reshut down. So there's no more indoor dining in the state of California. Yeah. Uh, it's all the bars got shut, reshut down. It's a, uh, you know, the restaurant business. These people have been treated like yo-yos. They've done everything possible to survive, follow all the rules. In California, we've had, especially in the Bay Area, had been mandatory masks. So it's not like we've been, you know, I mean, we've been following the rules to a T. And these, I, I feel for them. Uh, you, I know you know. I know some people that are in the restaurant business. It's a, it's a shitty deal right now, and I feel for you. I'm a food connoisseur. I, I love restaurants. I eat out a lot. So anyone who listens, who's either works for a restaurant, owns a restaurant, shoot us DMs, and, and we'll do anything in our power to just get the word out to come call food delivery, any anything possible because it, it's one of those things that just hurts me, guy. When I see these people just fucking fighting for their financial life of their restaurant. Well, I was talking to a buddy of mine who does restaurants the other day, and and they, um, you know, it's a grind as it is. It is a grind as it is when things are going well when. In like 2018, just when times are good. Yeah. uh, Fill your restaurant. That's it's a 24 hour a day, seven day a week job. So the other thing is the one isn't the one business, too, when you open up a new restaurant in a whatever city or, you know, community. Most people like ah, that probably won't last. Right. (laughs) I mean, the odds are against you just when you open. Well, I think I know in the Bay Area, the first thing you say is, well, how much is their rent? How much are they paying uh, just for the space? How much money do they have to bring in just to break even? Um, that's always a big part of it. So, And it's not just, I would say it's not just people that own a restaurant or work in the business. Uh, a lot of you listening have local spots that you love to uh, to frequent. And, um, you know, there are lifeblood. I love a good local sandwich, a local pizza, a local pasta. I require yeah. a few local salads. Um, you know, a Mediterranean wrap. Uh, I mean, a steak. I haven't, haven't, I mean, talk good cheeseburger. That's one thing right now, John, if you're a steak, like steak is just, I don't know how many people, how many people order a, a $40 steak to go. It's probably not well, a common it, to go order, right? Not, ha- so, not happening. Um, uh, some ribs, some barbecue. So whatever oh. you're in the biz, you're around the biz. This is not uh, an advertisement. We're just saying DM us and, uh, we'll, Throw some love your way because it's deserved, needed. We're, the com- we're, we're here for the communities. Also, uh, hit us with an iTunes review and a question. Hit us with a question on the iTunes review, the mailbag, and we'll get back to some of those as well. Um, we got a lot to get to today. Yeah, tell all your friends, subscribe to the pod. Word of mouth. Yeah, I think word of mouth is probably how we'll get to the – by the time this podcast is out, the DraftKings might have filled up already, but I think word of mouth has been a big part of that too because people were DMing me that they were telling their friends. Blowing up. Podcast brought to you once again this week by Ease, John. Ease, promo code HAM. E-A-Z-E, Ease.com, promo code HAM, promo code HAM, promo code HAM. Ease.com, promo code HAM. Yep, guide number one on-demand cannabis delivery in the state of California, really nationwide, but they deliver in the state of California. Uh, Anyone 21 or over can get verified in minutes. You've done it, I've done it. Browse a vast selection of the best brands, pre-rolls, vapes, 
edibles, you name it, they got it. Just go to ease.com, click on their website, you can browse away. San Francisco, Bay Area, Marin, Oakland, San Jose, Contra Costa County, have the Bay Area on lock, have SAC on lock, have the Valley on lock, basically Stockton, Modesto down to Fresno, the wine country, our friends up there, LA, Southern California, like you said, E-A-Z-E, to get $20 off your first delivery of a purchase of $50 or more, promo code HAM, promo code HAM, promo code HAM. And when you sign up with code HAM and place your order before the 15th, Wednesday, you will be eligible to receive another promo on the 17th. You could use that code twice, but you got to get that first one in by, by, by the 15th. And then you'll be eligible when the promo code is uh, kind of recycled on the 17th. So, yep. Get it in right now. Appreciate you got, all our. You got today, uh, if you're listening today, to do it. Appreciate all of you guys out there helping us support the hustle by supporting our advertisers, which support us like DraftKings and MyBookie and LinkedIn on the podcast today as well. Love it. So I a uh, few things to rattle through here. I am watching Tiger Tracker very closely, John, on Twitter. Tiger played nine on Tuesday. He's going to play another nine on Wednesday. Our DraftKings game is bigger this week, and that makes it harder to finish in the money. I was just outside of the money last week. You were just outside of the money last week. Congrats to Kevin, who won the thing. He won the 90 bucks. The pot's bigger uh, this week. What is the pot this week now in DraftKings? I think it's $675. The winner gets like three hundred or maybe two ninety five. Ah, let me check it here. Winner gets uh, winner I, gets one thirty five. That's this it. Week. Yeah, maybe you're right. Second place gets a hundred. Okay. Um, but I, I showed you that I, I found some game. I found some games that were like two games. One was sixteen players, and the other was eight players. <laughs> it was a thousand dollar buy in. Like that guy, that would be some juice. Talk about a guy missing a cut. You you'd really hate that player. Are you confident in Tiger right now? How do you feel about Tiger? Uh, well, I when I got up this morning, it, it sure looked like he was the first guy on the range. Like he was out there at like six thirty, just pounding balls with one other guy. I just don't think you know. I mean, he played he with he played with Justin today. Nine holes. Yeah, he's been. I mean, he's been playing with his son, who looks like a little Freddie Couples, who's probably going to be fantastic. To me, anytime you have a long layoff and these guys, like the one thing, big disadvantage to me for him is everyone on tour has been playing in a lot of these tournaments. Like even if a guy took, like Bryson took a week off, he still played in four. Like, you know, just really, really competitive where these tournaments are, it's like you're playing the 49ers or Chiefs every week. You got to go low just to make the cut. So you got to be pretty – like, these aren't your normal just random non-major tournaments that they're playing. Uh, it, it wouldn't – listen, I'm rooting for him. I would love to see him be a factor on the weekend. But if you told me, like, he misses the cut, I'm not going to be shocked because isn't it pretty clear just – I mean, you and me and anyone that's been playing DraftKings, you you watch it pretty closely. You're like, God, you, you don't have much margin for error Yeah. in, uh, in these, like, loaded fields Corona PGA Tour. I think because every, everyone's going so low and these random guys that I don't even know, and I know you don't even know, we see some of these names, they're on the leader. Like, the guys are playing well. Well, the guy who finished second in the DraftKings last week had two players I'd never heard of. Yeah, I mean, that Streelman guy who's been now in the mix, I think two of these tournaments since they've returned, is the guy that never puts his uh, puts enough sunscreen, doesn't rub it in. You know, it's just kind of white on the outside, yeah. which, you know, I kind of like that look if you can pull it off. I, I've never heard of that guy before post-corona PGA Tour, but guy, I, I'd take him on my DraftKings team because he just racks up points because he's in the mix. 
Who's the other guy with an S? I had another guy with an S last week that was really good for me. Yeah, I mean, guy, you have to. That's the hardest part about this DraftKings deal with golf. You got to pick. Some, it's it's kind of like that in the when we play the NFL. Like there are days where I remember last year early in the season, it's like who's this Chris Godwin guy? And you're like, oh, and by about week three, it's like everyone's picking Chris Godwin. But if you could get him on the first couple, like Jalen Hurd this year, if he comes back and he's like one of the main targets, he'll be an expensive player by midseason. But early in the season, you could take advantage. Again, it's hard to find the Raheem Mozart's before they become Raheem Mozart's. Yeah. It's like that on the PGA Tour. Right Niners now. found a Raheem Mozart before he became Raheem Mozart. Now he wants a new yeah. contract. Now he thinks he's Tiger Woods. <laughs> I, I do think part of this is like – it. I think everything we've gotten from Tiger, you know, like in the last, what, 10 years has been, I would say certainly in the last, I mean, the stuff we've gotten most recently, right? The win in Atlanta two years ago, uh, the win of the Masters last year, like this is gravy, gravy. Just the fact that here we are in 2020 and Tiger's almost 45 years old and we're still getting Tiger bringing us he doesn't get, we don't get like Tiger Tiger every time we see him, but we get Tiger a lot. And we're getting Tiger this week. What I mean by that is, I don't know what he's going to play like. I just mean that Thursday rolls around and the number one story is going to be what's Tiger up to? You know, golf people love to do that. And I, and I love like, I watch more and more golf over the last five years and more and more and more and more. And I love following, like, I learn a lot when I listen to No Laying Up because these guys have been deep in the weeds for a long time and they're pissed that, like Shambo and Kepka aren't paired together, like that'd be sweet, but you know, because they hate each other. But most golf fans, just the vast majority of people, I don't even think that would really resonate. For Tiger is what resonates. I, I I do think the tour missed a major opportunity there, though. It's pretty clear that they got a rivalry brewing between two of their most famous players, non-Tiger. That Brooks hated him last year because he's slow as shit. I mean, he was a really really slow player. Clearly, he's not as slow anymore because he's not hitting as many shots. He's hitting at 400 yards. So you just, you're going to be the last guy to hit. Like, you're not waiting on anyone. And he starts his, like, pre-shot routine or whatever. To me, guy, that was a BP fastball for the tour. It's not even, like, some into the weeds. Like, Brooks Kepka now has kind of become a little mainstream, goes on Pardon My Take, kind of just the cool guy on the PGA Tour. He put out a post on social media last week of Kenny Powers' roid rage after DeChambeau, like, attacked a camera guy. Like, it was kind of made. It's, this isn't the NHL where you're like, well, we don't want these guys together. They might throw sticks at you. Like, they're not going to fight. You know, it just, it, you would kind of feel the tension. And then someone tweeted at me, well, is a really slow player. They don't want to throw off the big cat, which I'd go, yeah, true. But I've seen Tiger get tweeted into my timeline a couple times over the last couple weeks. He He's fascinated. He likes Bryson. He's like a Belichick. He's a golf geek. He is like, him and Phil love DeChambeau. They try to, like, he's not, he would be fine playing with them. He picked them for the fucking Ryder Cup, like, or the President's Cup team. Like, they're, I, that one, man, I, this isn't like, baseball where Puig and Bumgarner might kind of throw like they're not going to fight <laughs> just put them together uh, I, well, I totally agree but my, my point isn't that they I'm just saying and yet Tiger's still a Tiger's significantly bigger than that story well, I know well that's, that's what, what I'm, I'm saying. saying think if you put all three together you, you put Brooks with Tiger you just had to add the other guy like that would have been like what's going on in that group 
It was, it was ready made. You know, you put Rory. It shows you, like, Rory McIlroy is probably one of golf's, like, top two or three biggest, just most famous names. When I saw it, I was like, ugh, they put Rory, you know? And that, I mean, that's an incredible group, Tiger, yeah. Rory, and Brooks. Yeah. But that's the thing with golf, too, is you can just be on a group. Like, you don't need to spread the love over five groups. We can just watch it, especially because it's not on TV anyway when it starts. Like, they just – all they show you is featured groups if you're paying for the PGA Tour stream or whatever. So, but even when you say Thursday and Friday, like they, they kind of ride the big boys, you know, when Golf Channel gets the uh, like when Tigers, they're going to yeah, show I'm a lot just, of Tiger. Yeah, but I'm just saying you put them in the same. You don't need them in five different groups to spread out all these times and make sure that one of the groups hits prime, that you have a group in prime time that you like you don't play that game. You just they just show the best players anyway. I Hell, if if Tigers playing with the guy who's going to miss the cut, they just don't show that guy if he's not famous. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you can just ignore half of a group. Well, very true. So there's no you reason know, you, not to put just ever just to go all in on a group and just try to max it out as opposed to make each group 85% sweet. Just make two of them 100% sweet. So I agree I, mind, I, I 1000% with agree with you. I'm not you're right. I mean that storyline is not an in the weeds golf storyline. I'm just saying Tiger is Tiger has has been good enough that he is 1A in whatever event he's in. Someone, a couple people had tweeted at me too about the uh, Kyle Williams story. I guess he's been a single digit low guy for like a decade. And people at Bill's training camp, they mu- wherever they have training camp, must be by like a PGA tournament golf course. And I guess legend was always he would go out there and shoot under par during training camp. So he's, it's been known in Buffalo Bill circles that Kyle Williams was just kind of like the Tony Romo. Like he's great at everything. Like when they go bowling, yeah. he'd win. He's just that guy. But I, I, I still find it fascinating that a defensive tackle is a scratch golfer. And it's just, I, I would love to see him get an exemption. You know, it, it just, it shows you, like, Tony Romo was a quarterback, so he was so famous that, it, you know, in Elway and guys like that in the past, you, the defense, like, I don't think a lot of NFL fans know exactly who Kyle Williams is, especially most of the years he played on the team, they were shitty. Agreed. That'd be kind of cool to just, like, I was thinking you could get like an NFL. You could probably do something with like the best NFL golfers, even if they weren't like super famous guys with the Phil, with the Tiger, Justin Thomas, like kind of do a big over the summer pay-per-view type thing that I think would be pretty, just get enough like Romo's and Steph's and Kyle Williams and then some PJ tour golfers. I, I, I think it could be a, a little cash cow guy. <laughs> like I mean, because you think the American century, I'm talking only get the good players, right? Like right. Romo, Steph, but Kyle Williams, I Justin think the Thomas. Key is you you got to keep it. It can't be those types of deals. Brady's not good enough. But I I don't Brady's even think you enough. don't want 20 golfers. I don't. I even I think you want it small, like the the like the Mickelson Tiger, like the match was. I think you want it really small because you want to be able. To have them all together. You want to be able to have them together, and you want it to look as professional as it can. Like, even the American Century was cool, but it just kind of looks like you're watching a Corn Ferry event with the camera angles. It's not worth putting, like, all the PGA, like they did for the match, where you just put all the money in. You make it look as legit as it can look. Well, a lot of the guys are shitty in the American Century, right? I'm just talking about the presentation of it. It's like the camera angles, and the. it just it doesn't look... Big time. I think you need to look big time. And because it's not as valuable as a real PGA event, 
you have to make it smaller to make it worth putting all the money into the production. Where, where I would push back on the American century, it does look big time, I think, when in normal, you know, non-pandemic years, they, it is jam-packed. And these fucking people are going, it has a Ryder Cup feel to it. It didn't, like, the PGA yeah. Tour to me has has played with non-fans. That is pretty fan dependent because there's like an energy to it because they're not as good. I'm just talking. So it, I'm it, just talking about the. It's key, like I'm just talking about the, the the production though. It's to me there's something I don't know how to quite. There's just something about all the camera shots and the, it just doesn't. To me, they I don't know what their budget is relative to a PGA event, but it, I I would guess it's yeah. not close. And I just need more. Yeah. See, but you're you're kind of you know, sport nerdy. Like, I don't think most people are just like, oh, there's famous people on TV. That's con- that's the whole point of it. Yeah. I don't I just think most think, people notice. Not like that. I don't think, I think they with. notice, but I don't think they know that they notice. I think it's a really, it's a subtle thing. Now, part of it might just be that like, if Marty Fish is your best player, that's just probably not going to work. Yeah. You're, you're also but, not watching that tournament to really see who wins or whatever. T- you're just trying to, these see guys aren't really mic'd up. You don't have a lot of close ups. You don't have a lot of clear. Some of the shots are kind of, blurry you don't have a lot of shots i don't know how much shot i didn't watch yeah, a lot yeah, of it yeah. was there any shots like i think you no, need no, a lot no, like no. i think you go like two small groups you know they maybe they play 36 and you go 18 and 18 and they cross over over two days or something well that, that, that's what i'm saying like you yeah. could get phil tiger maybe like justin thomas and a kepka or a dj or a guy like that have steph romo Ricky. kyle williams and who, yeah, whoever you want. Do you have a standby in case Romo hurts his wrist? Do you have you need a sub? Maybe John Smoltz. I mean, you you just get someone really. They got to be really good at golf and famous. That's yeah. that's Smoltz would be good. Yeah, Smoltz would be good. I mean, Smoltz is good at golf. Elway is pretty good. Do you put? Do you get Del Curry? You could, but that, I don't. I only need one Curry. Just give me Steph. No offense to Del, who I think beat Steph. They you know whoever doesn't win has to jump in the water. Have you seen that thing they do? Well, they shot they all three of them were 72 or both of them were 72 72 72. Steph finished ahead of them though, right? Oh, so they all, did they all But they have the like I don't then? know. I didn't follow, I honestly this I didn't pay attention this year, but they usually is it a side bet or is it just whoever finishes ahead of who? Yeah, it's it's a side bet. I always thought whoever finishes maybe that's what it is. Whoever finishes ahead of who? You're saying Dell finished ahead of them? No, I'm saying Steph finished ahead of Dell. Cuz I saw Steph jumping in. So oh, I thought Dell was T seven, and I thought Steph was like top five. No, yeah, it's I. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I again, I'm not paying attention to the tournament. I just know their bet that they both jumped in, and I saw a picture of Steph jumped in, but it might have been a year ago. Who cares? Uh, again, like I said, by the time you you hear this, it might be full. So get it in for next week. We'll have another uh, another. I think it's the three M next week, John. I don't know if the field will be quite as packed, but. Maybe we'll take a week off. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of no, like no, the we, we can make it a little. We'll see what the three yeah, M looks we'll like. Play. But uh, you you use the promo code Ham when you go to DraftKings. Get the app, or just go to the dot com. Use the promo code Ham when you sign up, and uh, you'll get a free shot at a million dollar top prize only at DraftKings. The game's really easy to play. More and more people podcast hammers are playing every week. Well, the one key is obviously golf is the only thing going, so we're playing it. When football starts in the fall, and this is not just going to be a 2020 thing, we, we plan on being with DK for a while. F- football fantasy, like it's going to fill up and it's going to fill up fast, right? So you better, and we got major golf tournaments right around the corner. You want to get involved, you got to download the app. 
it is really fun to play. It keeps you just kind of locked in in these troubled times. It's easy. You just pick six golfers. Football is the same thing. You pick like a quarterback, a couple running backs, a couple wide receivers, same as your normal fantasy. Basketball, you get like six play. It's it's awesome. I, I'm telling you, I can't rep- recommend DraftKings enough. Download the app. And also when you download the app and use the promo code, you get a free shot at $1 million top prize with your first deposit. How do you beat that? Download the app now. Use the promo code HAM. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at a million dollars top prize. That's code HAM. That's key. Code promo code HAM. And you get a free shot at $1 million uh, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Trust me, I've put in a lot more than that. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And we should say, John, when you get in our game, we then friend you. So you then get the first invite when we have another game. So like this game's full. People who got in this game that were not in the previous game, we will add to our list. And so you get an email. You're the first one to know when another game goes out, which is a key part of getting in for football season when it gets even more crowded. You know what's funny? People ask, asked us for years, like, you guys should play a year fantasy, year fantasy. To me, that's, it's, there's no equality to that because just whoever gets in first is stuck for the year. You and I both don't like it because then you're stuck Hate with it. players. This is freaking awesome because it's first come, first serve every week. And it's like if you hated Saquon Barkley last week, just pick Dalvin Cook the next week. Or you're mad at Bubba Watson, you don't have to pick him ever again, like me. Because I don't know if you saw, he's terrible now. But you just get to pick new players in whatever sport you're playing every week. How did people play fantasy football or any of these fantasy golf back in the day? That would drove me nuts. I was not made for old school fantasy. I'm a daily fantasy player. It's just now, it's like saying, how did you watch non-HDTV before there was HDTV? You just didn't, there wasn't a better option. But now there's a better option. And I, you know, I can't go back. You can't go back. There's a better option. You know what's funny is I, I flipped on the TV yesterday. It was like MLB Net. And they were replaying a Cardinal-Giant playoff game from 2 And it was like, this is blurry. How, is, how are people watching it? And now part of it might be because it's on an HD channel. It makes it even worse. Like, I don't remember it being that bad, but maybe it was. I've had a few times where it's like, oh, the 1951 World Series is on? Oh, my God. I get to watch Maze and Mantle? This is amazing. And then you watch it for three minutes, and it's like, oh, this is not working. I did stumble upon... Whatever Joe Namus, famous, you know, when he guaranteed the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think it was against the Baltimore Colts. And I was just like, you know, I've heard Joe Namath, and I've said Joe Namath, and I've heard this guy's name forever. I've never seen him throw a pass, so I just watched the series. I don't know what camera they used, but it wasn't like that blurry. It was less blurry than the O2 Giants <laughs> game. It was at least watchable and just watching, you know, Joe Willie slinging around. Uh, what, what else? What else we got? Russ and Harden have uh, Corona? Yeah, Russ. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear. If you're a star player and you have not arrived at Orlando, you have corona. Like, it's you tested positive and they didn't allow you to fly with the team, right? If you are if you plan on playing. Right. Because I saw a couple days ago Mike D'Antoni, they're like, where are, I don't know, your two best players, Russell Westbrook and James Harden? And his response are, yeah, they're, they're dealing with things people are dealing with right now. Like, he might as well have just said it. I was like, well, it's pretty clear he's admitting these guys have coronavirus. And like most basketball players that are playing in this thing, they immediately just go, we're good. I'm just quarantining. I can't wait to get back with the team. Now, I think there are some rules you got to pass, like back-to-back tests in 24 hours. But if, if a story ever gets out that they intentionally got corona so they knew that they would be corona-proof during the bubble, it'd be pretty legendary. And I'll be honest, I would root for them. 
because that would be I, I wouldn't put it past Rush. I think James would be more likely he just contracted the virus doing whatever James Harden does. I could just see I could see Russ thinking about that, right? He's been knocked out in the first round ever since Kevin Durant left three years in a row. He's kind of he kind of gets made fun of when the playoffs start. Right, I mean, he's yes. one of the whipping boys of just like this shit does not work. He's like shooting forty footers. Right, he's furious. He's flying up and down like he, he kind of is a whipping boy when it comes to the playoffs of just like oh this shit, Russ fraud, <laughs> you know, yeah. And I, I just wonder, I could see him being on a, just a, a mission of one, I ain't gonna fail, and two, I'm gonna win some series. Well, I think what would be really interesting is like what if Har- if Harden's out for some period of time and Russ is the, just the guy on the Rockets then Harden like I think any combination I think they'd be in a little I think they'd be in a little trouble well they though, would be you? but I'm just saying any combination where one of them is by himself and then the other one joins like halfway through I think would be great great TV just because the adjustment would be pretty tough but yeah did you see uh, one of the Kings players had to go back into quarantine because he he crossed the I don't know if is there tape on the ground or is there just imaginary? You gotta have out like your golf yardage book to know how far you can walk. He picked up delivery, but he left the bubble. But the bubble's not actually a physical bubble, so you, you don't like walk through a bubble. And honestly, in reading it, it didn't feel like he went that far. Like it honestly, almost felt like he met like, the guy in the parking lot and grabbed the food from him, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, when I read his uh, Rashawn Holmes' apology and then just kind of some of the information. Felt kind of like, you know, an honest mistake. Like, he was not tr- he's not trying to screw around. Maybe he just, you know, sometimes if you're in the mood for something, and I can only imagine what it feels like to be a seven-footer with a metabolism that goes as fast as a Ferrari, you're probably just hungry a lot. And you just see the meal. And let's just say you're in the mood for, like, steak sandwich. And you look and you see spaghetti. You're like, I'm rich. I can just order myself a steak sandwich. So you just go to your Uber Eats or whatever because you've been using it for the last three months. You're like, I'll just order it and I'll have him come down. And then he probably realizes, well, they won't let the guy in. You're like, well, fuck it, I'll just go around this tree and go meet what, the guy in the what parking What is the lot. rule? Uh, but how do you get? How, how do they find him? Well, I think you have the uh, the tracker. You have the a tracker. aura. The aura <laughs> ring. Yeah, that tells you where you're going at all That's times. That's right. Yeah. So the move would probably be if He's it's off not the like grid. a house arrest. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, it's probably got to take the tracker off. That that would be my uh, outside perspective. Of, but you have to like you know, put it on a nut- locked on you. You got to like put it on someone else's warm finger. You know. Yeah, like put it on Luke Walton's wrist. You got to pretend that I don't know. You got to figure something out because they'll the if you go off the grid, that's probably just as bad as leaving the bubble. I would imagine they have in Secaucus. It's set up like the radar room in red October and they can see anybody's dots like the FAA when they go out of their airspace. And, uh, then you get flagged. What's the kid from, uh, Washington who's on the Sixers right now? Yeah. Matisse Thibel. Did you watch any of his vlog? Yeah. He's got a pretty good vlog. I get, I thought it was very well done. Entertaining. I mean, one of the greats, John. Yeah. When he was was looking at the the menu, looks good on paper. Good. I say that too. Looks good on paper. As if eggs to go have ever been good. And then he was like, I got a drone at the Christmas. It, it's the Christmas I can't exchange. imagine w- what the blind Christmas gift exchange is like in the NBA. It's like, hey, you want a, here's a new Escalade. Like, it's just the shit. It's Babe Ruth's Porsche. Yeah, he got a drone 
And then he realized immediately there's a no-fly zone in Disney. That has nothing to do with the NBA, right? I mean, they just, they're probably pretty strict there on their rules. <laughs> Maybe the drone wouldn't even start like they have that much power. Uh, that was that was pretty funny. I th- I thought it was well done. I thought he did a good job. Yeah, I, it was a it was a FAA. Uh, I, I I don't. I guess there's a lot of rules for. I've talked to drone people. There's a lot of rules about where where you can fly it. But how? What do they do? Do they take your drone away? Yeah, I think. Well, I think you have to have like a license. An FAA. Or I don't know something. if it's FAA, but it there's registered. some regulations. Yeah. So. What about the new license? Isn't there a new license that are mandatory to fly starting in October? Or was that pre-corona? Yeah, real ID. Do you have one? No, but I, uh, I'm i in the process of... I have The problem is I can renew my regular ID online or driver's license. If I want the real ID, I have to go into the DMV to get it. But you, don't, you can fly without it. You just need an ID plus uh, a... Um, another form of identification like a um i don't know if it's another form it might actually be that you just have to have a passport if you're flying on a driver's license so driver's license plus passport or just real id to fly so the real id is separate from a driver's license yeah but it can be it can be like if i renew it it can be both gotcha just because my my driver's license is about to expire well because you're basically a year younger than me i had to do the same thing last year to get the new id you know, it comes up on the same cycle or right, whatever, right, right? Right. So my identification, I have a new driver's license for the next five years. To get that identification, I'd have to just go back to the DMV and just get an identification. Yeah. Or you can just fly with your passport. But what if I don't have one? Then yeah. Then or it's then, expired. Then well, and getting a passport. I think there are going to be a lot. I think there are going to be a lot of issues. If your yeah, passport's not, not expired, it's not. It's bad, but if you don't have one or if it's expired, then it's a pain in the ass to get it renewed. Do you think a lot of people realize that in the middle no. of... Uh... Although, I, I started having TSA tell me, like, in January, like, remember, you're going to need a real ID. That's how I, I didn't even... I'd never heard of it until someone told me, and I was like, what? What are you talking about? But but I think it would have been a major thing, like, if times were just normal, where people would have been flying, it been in their mind, it would have been something the news talked... It right. just would have been something like a talking point. The TSA guy and, says it to you? Yeah, it would have driven a lot of people to just There's be cognizant everywhere. that it was going to yeah. be necessary. It's just I, I I would imagine that's not exactly high on the priority list in uh, July, mid-July 2020. That's when they might want to push back, yeah. Yeah. What I, I don't even care, but I'm fascinated to know even the rule behind that one. Like, hasn't the ID worked pretty well now for the I, last 20 years? Maybe it has something to do with non-citizens having driver's license. I don't know. I, don't, I honestly don't know. That was just a guess. I, I don't know either. I just remember when someone said it to me. I'm like, that sounds weird. Why, why does this even matter? Uh, how about the guy trying desperately to give Washington the names that he's been squatting on? Do you like any of these names, by the way? Red Tails, Renegades, Red Hawks, Americans, Red Wolves. I, I think my take usually is on a new nickname. It always feels a little weird, and then it becomes normalized in a couple years. Because if you would have said... I think Wizard still is weird. Still sucks. Do you think yeah, it's normal? Yeah, it's not great, but if you just say Washington Wizard. I don't even I'm with you. It's not great. But for the like if you just said it was 20 years ago today or maybe a little longer, you know, late 90s, the Baltimore got a new team. They had had the Colts. And now they're the Ravens. Yeah. Like it feels very normal now. It's just like this is a sweet NFL team. Right, but I wonder right. if it was like, "Ah, it sounds kind of weird." Or the Houston Texans or the Tennessee Titans. I 
Fred, Fred pro- Smoot suggested the Washington District of Columbia's. How about, how about that one? Yeah, that's not happening. I, I, I would guess it's a Warriors, it's a Red Tails, it's a Red Hawks, it's something I like, like I that. like the I like Red Tails is, I think that's the Tuskegee Airmen. Red Wolves you, you is would, cool. Wouldn't you imagine just their colors, it would be kind of an easier transition with a red something? Yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine they want to keep it as similar as possible, but I don't know, are they going to do something Native American again or... Which is, I think, Red Wolves is. My my overall take is, in three or four years, whatever they choose, it'll just feel like that's the team. Oh, 100%. Because we did it. Because the Ravens were forever. It was like Baltimore Colts. Yeah. They, were, they were a famous franchise. And then they were just the Ravens. And a couple years later, it was just the normal being the Ravens. Or the Houston. You forget, like, the Houston Oilers went to Tennessee, and then they just got a new team, Houston Texans. It's like, yeah, the Houston Texans. You know, just it just becomes fucking normal. Well, I mean, Stanford was the Indians until 1972. I got to imagine when they're like, all right, we're replacing it, and we're just going to be a color. That was probably uh, very weird for people, just to be the Cardinal. What? It was just the color. I think it still. I, I think it still is kind of weird. Well, I think one thing Stanford has going for them is like if you're playing Alabama, it's like uh, oh, Crimson Tide are rolling in, or you know, Ohio State. I guess Ohio State. You would just say Ohio State, Michigan. You'd be like Wolverines. I think with Stanford, you just say Stanford. I, you you rarely ever say like the Oregon, like fucking ducks rolling yeah. in. Or the, the Cardinal dogs, are right? here. That's yeah, true. The, the Trojans are rolling right now. Even the UCLA Bruins. I you just whenever you meet someone, it's like oh, what time Stanford game on? Right, just Stanford. That is true. Like, that's the brand. That's true. There's so there's a unique because their mascot has nothing to do with their team name. No. Uh, but so this guy just squatted on all the names, not to sell them. I've always thought. Uh, didn't, Mark, didn't Mark Davis? Didn't Mark Davis do that? Remember, he squatted on the Las Vegas Raiders. Did he? Thought like he remember part of the story smart. when. I thought he. I think he bought it in like '99 or really? 2000. Like he was ahead that. of his time. Well, I see, swear I, to God, I got no issue with that. I I usually I'm usually annoyed by trademark squatters. I think it's stupid, but it's hey, it's a way or like website squatters. It's a way to make money. So whatever. This guy's just giving it to him. He just said I I'm just squatting on it for them. I'm gonna give it to him. They just need to email me back. What's your beef with the website squatter? Well, it's just like you don't do anything. You didn't you didn't create the business. You didn't create. The, the the product you just sat on the name like just but it's like that'd be like getting mad though for a guy when everyone was coming out west just putting their stake you know in vegas or in arizona like they, they were the no first but you had, you had to physically come out west to get the land this is just blah, 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 dot 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 com here's 10 bucks no i mean i'm not saying it's not smart don't hate the player hate the game i'm just saying for the person who puts in all the effort and does all the work and then someone's just holding a, holding some bullshit ransom. That's all. I, it's a little sleazy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, I Listen, as someone who never thought about it, I'm jealous because we would have been prime age to attack that just, when we were like young in college. We could have fucking owned every sweet website ever heard of. I mean, we, we just didn't even think like that. I, I give the entrepreneur, the hustler some credit for even thinking like it. That, those thoughts never crossed my mind. That's where yeah, I got to give Mark Davis credit. Las Vegas Raiders. But Mark Davis owns the Raiders. So yes, he gets credit for protecting himself against somebody else who would have come up with Las Vegas Raiders and then try to sell it to him for a well, million dollars. That's why Mark Davis, Mark Davis deserves extra credit. Absolutely. Because he's like, it's his team. That's where it's on. Whoever it's probably a little harder at corporations, right? 
I, I would imagine for like Bezos, like it was just his, like Amazon or Netflix or whatever. But some of these corporations, like whose job actually is it to even think about that? It probably gets lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Yeah. And you couldn't squat on Netflix because, I mean, I guess you could if you just thought of the name and thought, but it's like, how would you even, Amazon, would you yeah. just squat it on Amazon? Maybe. And try to hold the forest ransom? To me, you probably would have be been better off just saying no to them forever until like five years ago and you could have got a pay to freight. Yeah. He'd be like, yeah, I got an app. I don't even need you. <laughs> exactly. The worst is when Twitter started and you would try to find somebody who you wanted the simplest name possible and somebody was already on it. I know. You're like, I, want, I, remember, I just want a guy. Did you get who has guy? That's I don't know. Somebody named guy. Yeah, see, but that, that, uh, but that I actually think fast. the person who has guy like works at Twitter. I'm not mad. At, I mean, I'm not mad at anybody who does that. Yeah. I wanted John or Jay Middle. They were all taken. I Jay Middle was taken. It works out. Yeah. It works out. Full name's good. There were a lot of Twitter squatters for sure. Uh, do we talk? It's like, hey, this guy's not even tweeting. I remember that would always be an yeah, argument. Yeah. Like, this guy hasn't said a tweet in three years. What else you got before we move on to some uh, other stuff? I, I, I like the story. Okay. Victor Oladipo, who remember had that crazy injury, not quite Paul George, but his like quad went out and he like fell to his, it looked like to his death under the stanchion. Like it looked like it was over. And he's battled back. I think he's like 17 months removed. Came back in February to the Pacers, who actually have a good team. Full disclosure, didn't watch any of the games. But just hearing people talk about it didn't look good. Uh, at one point in time, I remember Oladipo had like resurrected his career with the Pacers, was becoming an all-star, was looking like a star. Is up for one of these big contract max deals. Right. I, I think I read a headline over Corona that Pat Riley's dream scenario is to land Oladipo and Giannis in 2021. Uh, you got to give him credit. He always shoots for the stars. Mm-hmm. But Oladipo said he was not going to play in the bubble. But good character guy traveled with the team. There, probably realized, I'm bored as shit. I might as well get a run. It feels like baseball, basketball, a lot of inter-squad scrimmages going on. So you're like, yeah, I'm in, right? It starts dominating. Nate McMillan's like, God, he looks fantastic. A couple days later, he's like, actually, I'm going to play. And now he's playing. At least it, it feels like he's playing. I don't know if he's officially said he's playing, but he went from I'm not playing to it looking like he's yeah. playing. Must be sweet. Like, yeah, I'm not really feeling it. And then you start dunking on dudes. You're like, yeah, I'll, I'll make some money. I think it seems like with him, it's one of those, like he's in as long as he doesn't have a setback is kind of what it feels like. I'm in, provided I just keep feeling this way or keep getting better. He might be a guy, not that he needed to keep playing, right, but the layoff has helped him get healthy, and now he's kind of, if he's back to 100%, uh, he can prove that he's back to 100% before it's time to get, before it's time to get paid. There's going to be no I, I questions it, about it. You know, I, I, I can imagine as a professional athlete, probably like this as a singer or something, or just anyone that's just elite at what they do, if you're like, you know, I'm not quite feeling myself. Like I was watching this documentary on this guy, uh, Something Foster. He's like the all-time producer in uh, David music. Foster? He was like, David Foster. Yeah, he's got 10 children, married five times. Crazy Netflix story. Like kind of skinny, white-haired guy? Yeah, he kind of, you know, he's discovered Michael Bublé, Celine Dion, made the Bodyguard album, and uh, I Will Always Love You with Whitney Houston. Dude's a legend. And uh, it's just, 
when you just hear like peak, you know, like super, super young Whitney Houston or super, super young Celine Dion, you're like, well, they got it. But I can imagine like if they go through, they get sick or whatever, like, yeah, I can't play tonight. And then if you start singing, you're like, well, I got it back. <laughs> you're just like, fuck it. If you're really good at it, you might as well. I can imagine if it's your old depot, you're like, you know, I didn't feel right. I, I felt like embarrassed by my play. And then you start playing against just other elite players, given you're like a playoff team. You're like, God, I'm the best player on the court. <laughs> you know, it's back. That's got to be probably a powerful feeling. I've never rehabbed from an injury, though I have a torn MCL right now, so it'll happen, I would imagine, the next decade where I get an MCL and I start rehabbing. That feeling at first, we're like, I don't know if my knee works right. I'm just talking from a civilian standpoint. And then when you're finally able to, you know, because I can't side cut right now, guy. Mm. I, I couldn't play pickup hoops. I couldn't play tennis. It, it, it might just, everything might go. ACL, MCL, patella, whatever all those words are for the things in your knees. Mm -hmm. I feel like it would all just whoosh, whoosh, go. But I, so I can relate as someone whose knee is going to rip one day. Uh, did you say right or left? Uh, right. Okay. But it's, I do think when you overcompensate, I start hearing some funny noises in my left. Now you, it's your uh, left calf. Just, yeah. Yeah. You know, by 2024, I might need just full on some surgeries here. You know, you, you'll think like, you know, when you hear those stories like Charles Haley, like it's it's hard to get out of bed. You know, <laughs> it's all talk. podcasting like, from bed. Do? Yeah, just uh, tre treadmill. <laughs> Treadmill power walks. Pop the bed up, pull the mic over, knock out a pod, what, what, go back to bed. Yeah, where's all the wear and tear? Ah, ellipticals. <laughs> Walking uh, to restaurants. Well, I need to know, John. I need to know what Victor's doing for my uh, Pacers uh, futures, uh, my bookie bet here. Uh, although I guess that's a real injury, unlike some of these other situations are going to be. I, did I tell you this, that Gary Patterson, like three weeks ago, basically said TCU – He's the football coach at TCU. TCU, we are not going to play anybody that doesn't that is not forthcoming about their the number of COVID tests their team has. Yeah, Pro, I mean, you said that. I think. Uh, yeah, I think I've mentioned it, but I, I don't know. Maybe teams playing league only games. I think this is what I was saying on the last pod. Is just maybe they can allow some transparency between them, but they're going to need it. I know you were saying to me, I I don't know how. Like we'll get to some NFL lines, but. You're gonna have to know: is a guy out because he's resting? Are like is Kawhi just resting, or is Kawhi or Kawhi's had COVID, hasn't he? Um, uh, not a not confirmed. I don't think. Oh, he's just feeling better. He we just, don't know what he's feeling better from. Just the four months off. Yeah, I, I, maybe he did have it. I, I just know he didn't fly with the team out there. To me, that's a red flag. But then you could also go, well, when does Kawhi Leonard ever do anything normal? So it's not that abnormal that he's abnormal, right? Like, if I told you, yeah, he just wasn't ready to go to the bubble yet, you'd believe that. Like, he'd just be on his own time. But you'd go, well, Russ and Harden, it's pretty clear. Like, the NBA had protocols. If you didn't fly with your team, like, Russ Harden, well, they had corona, right? So I would imagine if Kawhi, but you go, he just kind of does his own weird shit. Who knows? He was practicing yesterday, for whatever that's worth. Yeah. Kawhi was. Russell and Harden aren't even there. I think Jokic's not there. Chris Paul, is Chris Paul not well, I there? I saw a great tweet, because... Who was it? Was it Chris Haynes maybe tweeted, the NBA has its snitch lineup through six days. There have been no calls. And the first reply was like, Chris Paul there yet? <laughs> well, the snitch line's more for like Rashawn Holmes type stuff, right? Yeah, right. For leaving the bubble. Uh, I. To me, the key is, and you could argue same with, same with like the competitive balance. Like the teams need to know. Like part of, when, a, when Steph Curry gets hurt in a playoff series, right, remember when him and Clay, like it was pretty clear, day-to-day, -day, he's out 
week, you know, he's out three games. We'll, you know, re-look at him after game five. Like, there's a standard practice that I clearly the NBA is very, very sensitive about this, even though their players always end up saying it because it's not like something to be ashamed of, right? It's not, this is, you didn't get herpes. You know, it's like you just got corona, you're quarantining. When you're ready, you can come back. It's, I think golf's done a pretty good job because, they, I guess they don't have a choice because you have to withdraw from a tournament. Right. So it's like, well, if you're withdrawing, you're not just withdrawing. At least J.B. Holmes immediately, like last week, if you had him on a DraftKings team like me, it came out he had a shoulder. You know, once you start playing a playoff series, if a guy's just missing, well, did he hurt his ankle or is he out for the series? I think the thing with golf that's unique, right, is when you're hurt or when you're out, there's no deception. There's no, like, team ham, we're a football team. We don't want anyone to know if Middlecoff's in or out yet because he's our star running back. So we want to keep the deception. And golf, if you're just out, you're out. Like, there's no debate about whether you're coming back Sunday in time, right? Yeah, and if, if I got a bad quad, I'm not, like in football, it's where do you think the defensive coordinator yeah, if you're the exactly. running back wants me to hit you? That's right. Ask Greg Williams. That's right. So th- th- golf is kind of unique in that way. But in and basketball. there's no teams. Like, there's no – it's just you. I, I, I'm fascinated to see how this plays out because I think it's going to be a little complicated. There's going to be like – Where's Anthony Davis? You know, and if he's missing, like it's going to be clear. Like you're not going to be able to hide it. But, but also, don't lie. Trying like, to bet is on out, the Is he out today because of an ankle, or is he out because of a positive COVID test? And now we know he's going to be out for two weeks. Well, yeah. And if I'm a team playing him, I, I need to know that. So I, it's it's going to be interesting to see the way the NBA handles. It. I I would imagine the NFL because baseball said they're not going to say names. Well, if the pitcher's on the injured, like you have to say names. You you can't be in bed with these gambling entities, and then operate like this. And I get these are weird, just unforeseen times, but if you want to be gambled on, and the football is very good with it because they have the natural injury reports, you can't really avoid it. You can manipulate it a little bit, but no one ever took Brady being on the injury report seriously. But if you are injured, you're on the thing. Right. In basketball, they've had some issues this year because it was like guys in and out, and clearly guys just fake injuries. I think baseball is actually really transparent with it, too. Because if a guy's hurt, they'll just put him on the – I guess it's not the DL anymore, right? It's the IL. You just get put on that. Like, there's not really much hiding it. In basketball, they, they got to figure out a way. Like, if, if you want to be in bed with these gambling institutions, and you already are, you have to be, tra- you know, open with your their situation. Because I, I can't gamble, and especially a sport – even more than football beside the quarterback where, you know, if Khalil Mack plays or not, it doesn't change the bear, the bears game as much as you think, right? You'd be like, Oh, Khalil Mack's our best player. But if he misses the line might change a point. Well, if James Harden's out of the game, like that's a pretty big deal, right? Yeah. Also the nature of the NFL, there's so few games. Each game means so much. Nobody just rests. Like it's never Sunday morning, one o'clock kick, one twenty-five kick, the official inactives come out at 1230. Oh, look, Jimmy Garoppolo's on it. He's taking the week off. Why is he on it? No reason, just taking the week off. Like, that just doesn't, until you get to week 17, it just doesn't happen that way. It's a non-issue for football. Now, why a guy is out is football's issue, but the fact that a guy is out is, in football, we know if he's out, he's hurt. I feel like we usually have some idea in football what a guy's injury is, right? Sometimes they kind of hide like, it's something weird with his, or something. It's something weird with his knee, but you know it's like not his head, right? You, we, right. We, it usually leaks out. Yeah. 
And you know if it's his, he maybe he's been practicing, but he's at twenty five percent. So you, that then you know it's not a concussion. Maybe a player has, and he says it. I think don't you think football has a pretty just consistent way where not that much shady stuff happens with injuries. Uh, yeah, I would say in the sense that it's anything shady that happens with injuries is much smaller just because there is never a guy miss like the NBA shady thing with injuries is not about gambling, right? It's because built into their sport now, like baseball has had it built into their sport where it's like Wednesday, you'll know that Bochy's given Buster an off day. Buster will be off on Sunday and then I'll have him catch mad bum on Monday. Right. But uh, we got a day game after a night game. We know that that catcher usually takes the day off. Basketball, it's only recent that there's this thing that happens where you just get days off. You just, you're not, you just don't play. But the NBA doesn't want you to do that, so we lie about why you're not playing. But now they're cracking down on that. But but still just as many guys want the days off, so how do we get around this? The NFL it's a, it, just – It's another built-in advantage for the sport of football. They just have so many things that work in their favor. Well, a, 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 as Ray Lewis says, they don't have to you pay me. You pay me from Monday through Saturday. Sundays are free. That's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Because as a football player, the number one thing you want to do is playing a game. The week sucks. Rehab, lifting, meetings, just monotonous, the monotony of practice. It's the one fun thing that you've never seen a football player like he's not re- he doesn't want to play Sunday. Like if anything, they want a lot of times you're like I don't want to play in this back-to-back road trip against the Kings and the Warriors, if you're Giannis. Right. Like, just give me a fucking couple days off. Yeah. And you also, I think one other thing is, like, if a player is out today, he got to – what happens when you have a situation like you had in golf a couple weeks ago, right, where uh, Kepka's caddy had tested positive. Brooks had not tested positive, but he pulled out because he's always around his caddy, right? And then his brother pulls out because he's always around his caddy. What happens in baseball or in ba- or any sport, really, where a court- somebody tests positive, I won't say quarterback, it's too valuable, but somebody tests positive, someone they've been around, does he not play a game that night because that morning somebody he wrote, I don't know, somebody who was around in close proximity tested positive, let's hold him out tonight. So now, don't we have to explain, well, tonight, John's not playing, not because he has corona, but because... He and Guy a, did a batting session, yeah. and they were really they were in close proximity. Guy tested positive, but we can't tell them that you are negative until we tell them that Guy is positive, right? We can't say. I, I think in golf they've used overly cautious, and so guys just back out if they played with the guy. You know, you have the option to do it. Like Kepka, it's just his caddy, even though he technically didn't have it or he was asymptomatic and didn't test positive. I guess if you're, can you be? Can you test? You can test positive and be asymptomatic. Can Correct. you test negative and be asymptomatic? You just wouldn't know. Well, if you test or negative, no. you asymptomatic means you have it, but you don't have You have symptoms. it, but you don't have you the symptoms. You can test so. negative and actually have had it, or vice versa. Test positive. You know, there can be false positives or negatives. but Yeah, that, that, that's going to be, a, you're right, a slippery slope, which I, I would just, imagine. You're all getting paid. You're professionals. Let's be transparent about this thing. From a gambling standpoint, for a competitive balance standpoint, so you're fa- just so everybody well, is aware. I, I, I get I give the players a lot of credit, at least in the NBA. Like they're all, they're all the ones releasing the statement, and maybe it's big for them to release a statement. But this isn't some negative thing. Now we can argue about the negative impacts of the virus to the society, but no one's holding it against you because I I think sometimes like the leagues Hippa. treat it like it's an it's an STD. Like give me a fucking break. It's it's, it's 
we're at the point now. Just tell me if the guy has it or not. I'm trying to gamble on your sport. Yeah, well, and, okay, and again, if you don't want to tell me that Zeke has it in the offseason, fine. But once we start playing games, let's go. Yeah. And to me, uh, if you're the other, and, and by the way, let me just say this: if you're the players, wouldn't if you're the players and you have a distrust of all the organizations and of the league, right? As the players seem to, in multiple in all the sports right now, wouldn't you want to know if some other team has nine guys with coronavirus just as a player? Like, are they are the leagues keeping us all in the dark from each other? There's outbreaks and they're not telling us because they want us to keep going to work. If I'm a player conspiracy theorist, I would want to know what's going on with other teams. Great question. Anyway, did you see? I, I never understand this because I feel it's so random and arbitrary. JT Daniels has been granted the ability to not miss a year. Like yeah, he's, he's, yep. or, or, he's uh, yeah, pl- eligible immediately at Georgia. How, how do they give these hardships away? I've been – well, the, the, you know, it's hard because they don't tell you what a player – Did you tell me that he is at Georgia? Or was, had we talked about that? I, I think we like had. Could, that, well, he I, transferred a while ago, maybe yeah, three been weeks, a month ago. He announced that he was going to Georgia. And the kind of scuttlebutt out there was that he felt like he had a good chance to get his waiver. The thing that and to immediately be the starter for Georgia. Well, he still has to beat up. They got this transfer, Jamie Newman from Wake, who's supposed to be really good. So yeah, there's nothing saying he's going to beat this guy. He still is coming off a knee injury. Like he still has to be 100 percent, right? Why would he go there when they just got a transfer quarterback? Money, money, money. But, so, SEC. I think he. Maybe he thinks he can just beat that guy out. It's a great spot. They probably recruited him um, yeah. out of high school. But to me, it seemed like a perfect situation for him to redshirt. And then when this guy's gone, he'll be the guy with a year under his belt. The thing that makes it hard for college sports is they never, no one ever tells you why a guy got his waiver or why it got denied. If a guy gets denied, sometimes they'll share, like, I've got a situation. My mom is sick. I'm filing an appeal. Here's why. Remember, well, like, ju- remember Justin Fields claims that a baseball okay, player that one was in public. the stands had yelled or yeah, yeah. It became public. This one, and that was, I, and that I one think... was public for a good reason because it was one of those like they might let's make it public and put pressure on them because I'm going to get some public support here when everyone finds out the reason I'm leaving is because I don't like being a Georgia because some dude dropped an end bomb on me. But l- last time I checked, if it's just this black and white. If you tear your knee, you lose your starting job, and they just want to go somewhere else and play. That wouldn't. No, no, it, it doesn't. So, you know, from from what you I've heard, inside? I think the knee. Now there could be something you could always. If you just go through all the possibilities, right? Is it something personal? Well, he lives in L.A., so it's not a move back home. He's from so he's I, from Southern I, California. Yeah, I, it's been. I don't know this. It's been suggested to me that maybe. You can he could maybe he claimed somewhere along the way that the, they didn't handle the knee properly, and so in other words, like I shouldn't if I was somewhere else I wouldn't have been hurt. I don't know, but yeah, there's no rhyme or reason. But part of the reason there's no rhyme or reason is because there's a million different stories that people have. Yeah. So it's so you basically go in front of a board and pitch your case. Yeah, I don't know if almost. you physically. I mean, I don't know if you zoom it or if you just. I think yeah. you file some paperwork and who knows. That's a big win for Georgia to get that. I mean, big win. But again, I don't even know if he's going to be their starting quarterback this year. But it's a big win now if you play in the COVID era where one quarterback might get sick. That's a huge win. Yeah. Did you know. see who was it that said this the other day? Oh, it was James Franklin. Did you see what he was talking about? No. Like, would you consider not having a quarterback room? Like, keeping your quarterbacks separated from each other. 
So you don't get in a situation. How would you? How, would you t- how they're like one guys with the wide receivers. One I don't know. Maybe you, maybe line. you zoom. I don't know how you do it, but you just as a way to protect yourself. Guys, it'd be really I, hard thinking, to do. You go hazmat suits a ba- for every a, meeting. Not a crazy idea. No. Because you're right. To me, the 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 proximity. What happens if your quarterback coach gets it, and then you're freaking out like, "Well, all my quarterbacks are all sitting in the tiny little room." That's what's going to be all your me, meetings what outside. Well, what about when it's hot as hell? To me, what would be devastating is like, what if your O line or D line room gets it? Like, you just wouldn't be able to play. Yeah. Like, well, we have one offensive lineman. Right. Right. It's not the thing with basketball. It's like, well, you could play small or whatever. Football, you couldn't just make a wide receiver be your right guard. Right. <laughs> there, there gets to a point where, or you ran out of wide receivers. I guess you could just run, be a run heavy team for a game, but there's. It feels like it's bound to some weird shit happen. It, I, we will probably feel it first in the in the NBA and baseball. You'd think. Baseball at least Russell. has each organization has 500 players in it. Now you have yeah. the limited, you got the 40 man, and you got a blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I wanted to see them not count, like make some adjustment to young guys' uh, service times and require like all top 10 picks but, to but, but be see, big leaguers. See, to me, also, though, here's where it doesn't matter. Like, guys, you, you're going to have a strike lockout in a year or two whenever the CBA's up. Like, it, the, the six-year thing is dead. I, I, I will be stunned. I mean, we've been reading and talking about it for a long time. Like, that's it's, it's about to be over. So, it's like, and I get the rules are the rules now, but if you bring Joey Bart up this year, that, his service time is probably getting thrown out in a year and a half when the, uh, when the strike happens because it's happening. Yeah, maybe, but why would you take if you're a team, if you're the Giants, the reason to take that risk is, is probably more I do, obvious. I to do us think there's going to be, a, in other I, words, like you do it for your fans, you do it for player development. But to them, it's. I mean, I get why they don't bring them up, even though I, see, I bring them up. My issue, my my issue with that one is there. There is an element of you got so much money, who even cares? One, yeah, he's well, so young, but it's and just two, not. You see, you see Evan Longoria say yesterday, yeah. like God, he's pretty ready. The, yeah, I know. But they view it like it's just a waste of a year. Why get? Why give away a year when you don't have to give away a year? And when you think of it that cut and dry, I understand it. I just don't think as a sport, as a sport, not, you should want he- your youngest best player. No, it's bad. Podcast Awful. brought to you by MyBookie.ag. The promo code is HAM and the numeral one. MyBookie.ag. HAM1. All this stuff is happening. NBA is coming. Premier League is back. Uh, Major League Baseball, golf, it's all there. MyBookie.ag, ham and the numeral one. When you use the promo code, they match that first deposit 50%. If you do accept, you can also decline. If you accept, then you have to bet that uh, that bonus. Guy, there literally is nothing you can't gamble on here. Fights, football, basketball, baseball, golf. Motorsports. We have the PGA Tournament odds to win. Let's see uh, our boy Eldrick Tiger Woods. Is coming in. God, you can get him right now. Twenty-eight to one, guy. Twenty-eight to one relative to your uh, our boy from Fresno, Bryson DeChambeau is ten to one. Ten to one is about as good of an odds as you'll see for a guy to win a golf tournament. He probably deserves that. A uh, lot of you know MLB bets over unders bet to win the World Series. The the Yankees and Dodgers, which feels about right, are the heavy favorites to win. Basketball, I, I'd say pump the brakes a little bit. Let's just wait to see who shows and who doesn't show. Uh, but I do. Tiger Woods, 28-1. to 1. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good odds. Yeah. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1. 
We got Fight Island, I guess, just happened, but the, Dana White just feels like they fight every week. Uh, the NFL will dive into just everything under the sun from regular season MVP to regular season wins to who can win the division to defensive, offensive rookie of the year. Uh, there's a lot to gamble on, guy. There's a lot to gamble on to keep your uh, keep your interest flowing. All right, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM, and the numeral one, HAM1, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Um, NFC, or NFC and AFC, division odds out. And I was looking at the NFC. I guess we could include the AFC in this too, John. But the question is, do the Niners have good odds to win the division? Do you like the value, or is there another value out there that you like? I know this in terms of the NFC. We can go. We can go both conferences divisional odds. I think my favorite odds is not the Niners minus one ten, but the Eagles at plus one forty to win the NFC East. But is there anybody else out there you like more than the Niners? Deal. I mean, maybe like the Seahawks at plus two fifty. Yeah, I think three teams jump out to me. The Seahawks at plus 250, they were just an inch away, or I guess, I mean, legitimately six inches. I mean, less. The final number. Yeah, millimeters. <laughs> yeah, it was, felt like. It, it was short to winning the division. And I think it's fair to say they're not as talented as the Niners, but we all know when those two teams play each other, it's it's a knockdown dragout game. So if the Seahawks, like they did last year, can split – they just they find a way to pull these games out of their ass. It's like 250 for a team that's won this division a lot of times over the last decade and still has easily the best quarterback in the division feels like a pretty good pretty good odds. This one's a little bit crazy, but hear me out. They started one and seven and then finished the season seven and nine. And down the stretch, they beat the Saints. They beat the 49ers at Levi's. Now. I always push back when teams with weird records beat, you know, teams that win 12, 13 games late in the season. You overlook them a little bit. But I think you watch that Falcons team like they have elite players. They have a big-time quarterback. They have multiple star wide receivers. When he's on, you could say Julio's as dominant as anyone. Uh, They have Todd Gurley, which we talk like Todd Gurley's shot, and I think physically he's not the same guy. But you and I have been talking about for like a year, like I guess less than a year, but during the season – he actually was really productive. But he had 12 rushing touchdowns, I think, and two in the air. Like, he had 14 total touchdowns. So, it's like, yeah, this guy's shot. How many touchdowns do you have? One? You're like, ah, oh, 14. <laughs> you know? I mean, 14, 14 touchdowns. If you ever meet a human being, like, at a restaurant, and he's like, I played in the NFL. You'd be like, what position you play? You're like, running back. He's like, what was your best season? You're like, oh, this guy had a season where he scored 14 touchdowns. You'd be like, oh, my God, this guy was a star. So, is it that crazy? I, they pulled names out of a hat. They just have some talent. Now, that division, you'd go, the Saints are really good. It feels like Tampa, like, I, I don't know. It's almost too good to be true. I mean, I think they're going to be a playoff team, but are they just going to win the division? With They haven't been able to practice. Bruce Arians, Tom Brady. There are a lot of variables there. I, I, I like the Falcons as a value bet. Right, because they're, plus seven, because they're plus 700. You might call me biased on this one, but when I look at the Packers and the Vikings, I go, well, Green Bay's solid, but I think they're they overachieved last year. They're not a thirteen win team, but they're they're not they're probably win between eight to ten. So they're gonna be in the mix to win their division. I think the Vikings got worse. They traded, you know, the like uh high character version of Antonio Brown. Like he doesn't really get in trouble, but he's clearly a diva. But bottom line is you look at his numbers, he's had hundred and sixty catches and I think fifteen touchdowns the last two years in Stephon Dix. Like, the guy's a stud. 
and they get they get rid of them. They get rid of Xavier Rhodes. They get rid of Everson Griffin. I mean, they've just gotten rid of some like stalwarts on that defense, which has been one of the better defense. You'd go, well, they could come back to earth a little bit. The Bears went eight and eight last year with top bottom two or three quarterback play. If their quarterback play is just middle of the pack and their defense just is a little bit better than it was, it was still top like five or six in the league last year. Two, they won the division two years ago with Trubisky. You're telling me they couldn't win the division this year? You know, basically almost four to one. I, I, I'm just looking value yep. there. No, yeah. I don't think you're crazy on that one. I do like that. Now, the question is health of foals. Uh, but, no, I, I like that. And I and like I said, I like the Eagles. The Cowboys are min- The Cowboys have the same odds as the 49ers to win their division. Minus if I told you which team, because they just feel like, I mean, they were two playoff teams, Packers or Vikings, least out of the two of them, you won't be shocked if they miss the playoffs this year. I wouldn't be, the Packers would be the I mean, individually, I wouldn't be shocked if either one of them missed the playoffs. The Packers did go 13-3 and last year. We both thought they were not as good as that record. But it happened. Yeah, yeah. I think it, and they and you'd say he's not the same guy. Whatever you want, they still Aaron Rodgers still their quarterback. So if you go, yeah, if the team could regress a little bit, maybe Kirk Cousins, who lost his offensive coordinator Stefanski, went to the Browns. I think it's fair to say that the Vikings could just be one of those seven, eight win teams that was just feisty. You know, might have some upsets throughout the season, but just lose some dumb games because they they lose dumb games now when they're good. Right, the last couple of years with Cousins. Here's the other thing: the, I, the margin. They would. They would be my. They would be my pick. The Eagles won their division last year. Now they won it at nine and seven, and the Cowboys were eight and eight. And the Cowboys got Mike McCarthy. But I, I mean, I think that's an upgrade. But is it an upgrade enough that I should pick the Cowboys to win that division this year? I don't think so. I, I'll tell you the one I, the other one I like. A couple AFC. Well, guy, they, they, they've won the division two of the last three years. So that so that why? feels like an easy one to me. They, do they have the best quarterback in the division? Without question. So, how about Houston plus three twenty-five? The Colts and the Titans both above them. Colts at plus one twenty. Titans at plus one seventy. I mean, you ha- you have to as much as you like Frank Reich. You got you're giving Philip Rivers a lot of credit if you think the Colts are going to roll out and win that division. I know they traded DeAndre Hopkins, but we talk about this all the time. Bill O'Brien just competes every single year. And to your point on the Eagles, same thing you could say about the Texans. They have the best quarterback in that division. Um, so I think in the AFC. Uh, and did, didn't they just win the division? And they just won the division. <laughs> they just won the division. <laughs> yeah. So it, doesn't it feel like they kind of win the division a decent amount of times? Like they Does any team get less respected no. that actually functions? Like they, they they're talked about like oh who are the worst teams in the league you'd be like oh the Jags the Browns uh, the Raiders have had a rough twenty years oh the, the Bill I, O'Brien I, and the Texans yeah I mean maybe like, not well, worse I, but if you say like who are the league's train wrecks right it's almost that type discussion that happens around them yeah it'd be like oh Dan Snyder Bill O'Brien the nut jobs Jimmy Haslam I'm like well Bill O'Brien I get he's kind of angry and he does some weird personnel moves but when the dust settles it's like God the Texans won eleven games <laughs> you know. Because they do. It's not like they – when's the last time – I guess they won uh, was his rookie year when Deshaun tore his ACL, and then he, like, you know, they threw back out. I don't even – I can't even remember who – Case Keenum or Hackenberg. Or, they, they, were, they were in train wreck. But as long as Deshaun Watson has been their quarterback, they have gone to and played in January. And they, they're almost 4-1. to one. That's 
that seems pretty nuts to me. Like, their how are their odds and the Bears' odds the same to win their divisions? Well, I would go back they, to how are the so the what are the the Patriots are plus one hundred by the way. I I think that number jumped a little bit once they signed uh, Cam. Cameron Newton. How are the Cowboys and the 49ers odds the same? It's I mean who's me, the second pretty clear. who's the second best team out of those two divisions? Philly or second Seattle? Uh well I think they played twice last year and Seattle beat them both times. I guess beat them when it mattered, but Carson Wentz was hurt. And they were both so hurt. You know, I kind of feel like they're similar. They're kind of scrappy teams. They they just have a lot of injuries. It feels like pretty consistently the last couple of years. You'd probably lean just Russell, but are we sure that Carson Wentz couldn't have beat that Seattle team that was kind of limping into the playoffs? I mean, they actually were in the mix with McCown, who turns out had a torn hamstring. Remember, it, the game wasn't a blowout. I'd say it's a coin flip. Pretty similar, both of them. But I'd say the Eagles and Seattle would say we're both better than the Cowboys, right? Yes. If I was ranking the teams, I would have the Cowboys as the fourth best team of that group. Yeah. Now, part, the Niners, I guess Philly, part of it Seattle. is just their divi- like the ah, uh, it is related. You were talking about winning your division here, right? So, but they they play each other this year. No, I know, but but I'm just saying like, and maybe the other part of it is just it's the Cowboys because we'll talk about on the next pod. I'm actually now that I say that they have better odds to win the conference than the Seahawks do. So, well, you would also say. Getting the Giants and getting the Redskins four total games is a lot easier than getting the Rams and the Cardinals four the, total I think you games, mean the right? Radskins. Uh, yeah, the red, the red Wolves. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The, 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 the Snyders, the Riveras. That's true. The, that that factors in to win the division. Because that division last year, like you said, the Eagles went 9-7 and won the division. I mean, it took, the again, the Dan Buns 2.0 tackle, and one of the teams was either going to win 13 or 12 games to win the division. So that's that's a – at minimum, if Seattle had won, it was a three-game difference. With the Niners winning that game, it was a four-game difference in the division. Like, the if the Eagles were in the NFC West last year, they would have been like – they were the Rams. I mean, they went 9-7. and seven. And it does feel like the Rams are actually a little better than the Eagles when you factor in – I mean, the Eagles were playing with practice squad guys. So you can see, yeah. I mean, I don't hate win ninety bucks on a hundred on the 49ers, John. I don't think yeah. it's great. I mean, I think the Seahawks, just from a value state, that is good value. But the 49ers should be the better football team. I would agree. Um, the other, the, honestly, the reason we started looking at all these divisional odds is because we started looking at. We were just poking around on my bookie the other day, going, "What? What else is on my bookie these days?" And you can get week one and week two lines. Now, understanding that a lot happens between now and then, I just pulled, I don't know if you pulled, I, I pulled five games that kind of jumped out to me, starting with the 49ers game, um, as interesting. Games that, I think part of the question is like, do you do you give it any possibility that this is value right now? Do you think one of these lines could change dramatically? Again, positive COVID tests aside, Patrick Mahomes gets coronavirus, that changes everything. And that there is an element to a lot of teams. Home field advantage does matter. For sure. Do, do you think if fans are not allowed, Vegas uh, changes that three-point automatic to the home team a little bit? Or do they got to wait for some data? Because I, I would say if there are no fans in the stands, 
the three points should borderline be thrown out, and at most it should be a point. I don't think they're going to know what to do early. I think part of the reason I like looking at these lines so far out is because I think there's a lot of unknown here. And I think some of these lines are going to turn out early in the season to be really weird. So I think if you're paying attention earlier in the year, there's going to be some really weird stuff going on because they're not going to know what to do. Like just having watched because of my bookie, the Premier League for like a month now, early on, there are a lot of these games where I I don't know anything about soccer, but I would text somebody and say, who's how do these two teams compare? And they'd say, oh, team A is I don't even know Chelsea. They're way better than this other team. But they would win like one to nothing early, like the first few games they were playing. They weren't. But it, but isn't that soccer a little bit because they don't know that many? There it. But it would these games would be closer than they should have been. There'd be no crowd. These teams were not. Again, I don't know enough about soccer to explain it to you. Other than I was watching a lot of these games that were supposed to be lopsided that didn't look lopsided. Not just in the score, yeah. but just in the way the games were. So I think there's going to be some weird stuff early. What shocked me when I looked? There are a lot of pretty big lines right now. Or some weird lines that are just, these are just weird to me. And you tell me if these are weird or not weird. I'll start week one. Niners minus seven and a half against Arizona. At home. Niners are at home. I would say in a normal year, crowds allowed, like this was 2018 and they were just coming off their season. That feels about right. This team, one team went five and 11. I get they played them tight twice. This team, home opener. Off a thirteen and three, kicked both teams' ass in the playoffs, and were beating the Chiefs' ass like that. That should be the number. Now, I'm not saying that. You know, if I was a unbiased, I'd be like, yeah, kind of. I'd take the Cardinals in Week One, but you can't set that line at like four just based on well, they got Hopkins. Kingsbury's a lifetime loser. The Niners are just really good. Now, but to me, that would be, you know, the classic. You circle that, and I, it would if be a tight game. All things normal, court. I would take Arizona in seven and a half points. But you one. do agree that number is the right number. Like, that's what it should be. Yeah, because it'd be too easy to take the Niners at, at minus six and a half. To, to me, there's just an overall philosophy of, based on the unknown going into this season, anything over a touchdown the like my gambling philosophy would be just like if you can get plus seven or above yes you're kind of crazy to not take i that think early that's kind of my that would be my philosophy and it to me that usually is a gambling philosophy just in general early in the season to kind of you know just get some of these big underdogs every team has the same amount of skin in the game in terms of everyone zero zero or being oh and one isn't that big of a deal uh but like when i see you know a a 10-point line, that opener, that's Houston minus 10 at Kansas crazy. City. Now, part of it, right, is that the Kansas City Chiefs played them in the second round of the playoffs, and I'm pretty sure scored 50-plus unanswered because it was 24 nothing. The other number that jumps out to me would be the Browns-Ravens. I mean, eight and a half is a lot of points. For the and Browns. If you, if you remember, the Browns beat the Ravens last year in a game. So, if I can get eight and a half points, like I – any, I, I would take the Cardinals, I would take the Browns, and I would take – I don't feel great about the Texans. I'd probably just not touch that game. So, <laughs> now this is not a big line. The Rams right now are getting two and a half points at home against the quarterbackless Cowboys. Although by the time you listen to this, Dak just might be on the tag. Um, that has nothing to do with it other than I think the the Rams at home – again, this it's because it's, – if this is week eight, it's a different story. This is week one, too much weird shit. I kind of like a home team that I think is solid. 
I would take any that would be another uh gambling strategy. Any home dog early in the season. Like you don't have to travel. These are weird times. That that to me uh, any home dog that has a returning coach against a new coach. Like it's how do, do Dak and McCarthy even speak the same language yet? Does Mike Nolan and Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch on the same page? Like there's just now they do have a, a lot of Rams parts. do have a new defensive coordinator, but True, but at least you just yeah. be like, well, Aaron Donald, uh, Jalen Ramsey make plays. I like that one a lot. Green Bay plus three at Minnesota. Now, this is where to your kind of counter the philosophies. What do you do with a road game? Tennessee is getting to at Denver on the second Monday night game week one. I would like Tennessee getting two points, but I I'd, might. I'd have to do some research on this one. It does feel like the home team on the second, second Monday, night, Monday game. night game has a pretty big advantage. Yeah. It's late for these players, that, and that's in a normal year, let and, alone this year. And you would agree, we've talked about this before, week one every year gives us weird results that actually don't mean anything for the rest of the season. So one And Denver, notorious tough place to play. The guy, I, Who's to say the Broncos just aren't really You're good saying Denver year? is one of the few teams in the NFL that has a home field advantage even without crowds because of elevation. If I tell you there are no and crowds, people are going to be out of shape. Okay, that is now we're on to something. Do, do, do the Chiefs have a home field advantage with no crowds? Besides just their team being good, I'm just talking like a home field advantage. No, I well I do think there is something to road hotels, sleeping at home, that whole thing that we always try to figure out. But no, not I. They do have a home field advantage, but it's not what it is. No, it's not Arrowhead Seattle Stadium. Seattle or the Saints. Yeah. yeah, nothing. Now Denver, just because you're at elevation and maybe players are not as in good physical condition early in the year. Maybe road teams in Denver are at a disadvantage, larger disadvantage than other places. True that. Now, are the Raiders going to have a home field advantage if Vegas is more open as a town than other teams? But it's not. Haven't they reclosed them? I know, but it just feels like now again players will be under. I don't think. I don't think so. Yeah, because under a watchful eye in football, unlike basketball or baseball, you're there for such a short period of time. They will surely like. I'll be shocked if, like, oh, do you see where uh, the Denver Broncos are staying? The win. Oh, do you see where uh, the Titans stayed when they went to Vegas? Oh, the Cosmo. No, they're going to be staying in, who you know, in, in Utah. I mean, they're going to stay so far away. Probably an hour bus ride to the hotel to the stadium. I would guess it would be deep. Minimum thirty minutes. So right now, today, now, you think the Niners minus seven and a half is not is good? It is good value for the 49ers. If someone wanted to uh, think about getting out ahead of uh, whatever the curve might be, yes, you think that line by the time we get to the to the game could be eight or eight and a half. Well, I, I just think the number is proper because there is a chance that the Arizona Cardinals are the team that is a little overvalued mm-hmm. because they have this returning young quarterback. They trade for a star wide receiver, but a tried and true formula in the NFL. Like if your coach isn't good. It's hard to just be good. Right. Like, there aren't many teams that are just like, oh, they had a great year. Their coach is just a lifetime loser. Like, it usually doesn't happen. This guy has never won anything. Like, even even if you wanted to go like Dan Quinn. Well, it's like, yeah, he was with Seattle, and he's made the playoffs a couple times. Or even when Del Rio was the coach of the Raiders. You'd be like, well, he did make the playoffs a couple times with the Jaguars. Cliff Kingsbury struggled to make bowl games in college, guys. He might have hit his ceiling like, I, last year is what you're saying. Yeah. I feel like they're the most overvalued team in the NFL because I think when you talk to most people about the Cardinals, they're like, oh, they got a chance to be pretty good. Based on what? 
I mean, now, based on say, Kyler. The, yeah, the quarterback. Yeah. Uh, offensive rookie of the year, right? Yeah, he had a good – he's a big eye test guy. Like, you just watch him, you know, this guy's pretty good. John, uh, this podcast brought to you in part, everybody. We appreciate you. By LinkedIn, we we're talking about uh, restaurants earlier. Small businesses out there right now, if you're looking for help, LinkedIn.com slash ham. That's where you go. LinkedIn.com slash ham. You do not have time to waste. LinkedIn.com slash ham gets the right people in front of you fast. Yep. When your business is ready to make that next hire guy, LinkedIn Jobs has your back, helps you match your role with qualified candidates so the so you can find the right person quickly. And here's how they do it. They have 690 million members on the website. And LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills, puts your job in front of the most uh, qualified members every day so it's seen by people looking for jobs just like yours. That's how LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire the right person faster. We, we It's all about expedite the process guy but do it correctly do it right you can pay what you want get the first fifty dollars off just visit linkedin.com slash ham again that's linkedin.com slash ham to get fifty dollars off your first job post linkedin.com slash ham terms and conditions apply wednesday is the deadline the uh deadline to get a deal done with a player on the franchise tag john if by the time you're listening to this wednesday has passed and Dak Prescott does not have a contract. That means he is playing on a 31 and change, right? Million dollar franchise tag this year. Derrick Henry's at 10 9. What were you telling me? What's Brandon Sheriff, whose name has the coolest name that's said cooler than it looks? Brandon Sheriff. Um, I think he's 12. 12 million. So, I mean, that's that, like he, that would be George, That's about what George Kittle's tag will be next year. I, I got a DM. I think Grant Cohn, <laughs> our buddy. Uh, tweeted that he had heard rumors that they were this would be L- George Kittle's last season on the 49ers. Someone shot me a DM that said that they had, I don't know if shopped George Kittle, but they had listened just to everything possible with George Kittle. And you go, well, I would imagine most teams, non-quarterback, probably listened to everything at the com- at the combine, right? Things are flying. Clearly the Niners were having crazy discussions about DeForest Buckner. I just think, and I, I talked to Kyle for a brief moment at the Combine, and George Kittle was the point of the conversation, and it's just clear how they use him, what he means to them, that it feels like they like him a lot, right? I mean, I think we know they do yes. like him a lot, but they like DeForest Buckner a lot, and they got rid of him. Now, George Kittle is a better player than DeForest Buckner. He's a superstar, all-pro, like has a chance to be a Hall of Famer. And right? additionally would have, I don't know that Jed York was going, hey, guys, what are you doing with DeForest to the degree that he would with George because George is – I mean, one there, of the faces is, of the league. There is like a Khalil Mack element with the franchise, right? Like when the Raiders traded Khalil Mack, it wasn't just they had traded this great player. It was like, this was the face of our franchise, and he was a badass. Like this, as a fan, as an owner, you're just trying to get George Kittles and Khalil Mack. That's all you want, like a Rob Gronkowski. That's, you just, that's what you pray for. Like you just want to get that guy, right? And Fletcher Cox, uh, Harrison Smith, uh, J.J. Watt, like just superstar players who are you draft and that are on your team. The Seahawks had it for with Sherman and Earl Thomas. Like that's, that's what you you want to have that guy at minimum in the NFL. I think a career, if you get him for eight years, eight to nine, right, the second contract, you feel good. It's pretty clear though that this contract, and we've been talking about it for a while, could get really complicated if George just has a number and say I'm not going to budge. Yeah. 
Because like I, I'm not signing your team-friendly deal, even though to me you say it's better than Austin Hooper, because I don't ever want to hear about Austin Hooper's name ever. I'm a big believer in avoid franchise tags at all costs if you can. Sometimes you can't. Like once upon a time, from the, the team Denver standpoint, Broncos, you're saying. Yeah, the team franchise Von Miller. Now they won the Super Bowl and they ended up giving him a huge extension. I I just wonder if this gets a little more complicated uh, than we thought. My pushback is, well, it never really gets complicated with the Niners when they really value a player. I would say in in their history with Parag running their money, they are they always get the guy done fast. And sometimes it feels like, damn, they gave the guy a lot of money, and then they know it's going to go the other way. Now, where it's complicated now is the salary cap's not going to keep rising. They already have a really expensive quarterback. Uh, they just gave Eric Armstead a lot of money. Fred Warner's due next year. Then I, 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 I have, for the first time, started to come to grips with maybe this is a little more complicated than I thought. Not that I think I don't think he's going to get traded, and I'm not naive to think that people haven't like called what would it take. Uh, because I text you the other day, like, there's no disputing that whenever he does get a new deal, even if he just maintains his level or sustains the level of play, the years they, the three years at fifth round Monday that they've already got out of him won't ever be reproduced. Like, the first three years or four years, like the first three years of the Chiefs that just got out of Mahomes, who was the 12th overall pick, was just incredible value, and he didn't even play a year. Those first couple years for Dak and Russell Wilson. Definitely Russell because they won the Super Bowl. As good as it gets, George Kittle was your best player on a team that went to the Super Bowl, and he was making like nine hundred grand. Like it just that's just just it won't ever get any better than that. So you can go well once he starts making eighteen, there is no margin. Like he can't get hurt, and he's already been banged up. I I, I just understand from a front office standpoint having these conversations, especially when he goes like. You can offer me $30 million guaranteed. I will hang up the phone. Yeah, and I also so just, understand having those conversations when we say this all the time, when your coach is Kyle Shanahan, when your coach consistently gets the most out of guys. Now, it you do have to differentiate between who are guys that he's just getting the most out of and who are just superstar players regardless of who their coach is. And it feels like... Like, would George Kittle at that. this point in time be good with anyone? Yeah. But I think the other thing we don't know here is what is the number that makes George Kittle not hold out? Is there a number that is below what he wants but keeps him from holding out? And is he willing to hold out? Because one thing I know is this. If George Kittle becomes a free agent, Austin Hooper's contract will be completely irrelevant. Now, we both think Austin Hooper's contract is irrelevant, but it's not irrelevant when there's a negotiation going on and the 49ers are going, we're going to pay you – $34 $34 million, and that's much more money than Austin Hooper got. We're going to pay you $36 million. We're going to pay you $38 million. He's going, I want 55 50 50 The fact is, if he hit free agency, do you agree with this? Austin Hooper's got no one. If there's a bidding war, if there's four teams lining up, you can't bring up Austin Hooper when you're bidding against three other teams for George Kittle. If the Niners are good this year, George Kittle has his typical all-pro season how much money would he get in the free agent market if he hit the open market? Easily 50 guaranteed? I mean, I my think. thought was like 60, 55. Yeah, it, it would be historic. It would be it would be. And insane. everyone else would go, well, you've, you've fucked it up for us in the tight end market, but they the team that got him would go, we got George Kittle. Yeah. So I, I'm starting to come to grips. I, I think it's going to be a little more complicated than not. Now, Whether or not he plays on the tag is one thing, but he's – and all he's getting tagged if they don't get a deal done this year, right? 
we're, we're, we're recording this July 14th. We're 14 days away or two weeks from the official report date. You know, this year it's like, uh, it's the 28th. It's a, it's a universal date. Cause usually remember they stagger New it coaches like four for, or yeah. five days. Yeah. That one of the biggest stories in the NFL, I mean, I, I would say if he did not show up, that would immediately be a top three or four story in the NFL. Right. Like actual football story, not like protocols and who's sick or who's right, not. I'm right. just talking like, how does Brady be, look? How uh, does Cam look? Yeah, like George Kittle did not show up. If Derrick Henry doesn't would. show up, whatever. I mean, Dak. I would say Dak would be the number one story if he doesn't show up. I would put George Kittle of potential non-show-up guys like above Chris Jones, the defensive tackle. Like George Kittle's a more famous player. Yes. Like George, they're dealing going back and forth right now. Do you see that? Like, I don't know who it was. It might have been like Jamal Adams. Oh no, it was Le'Veon Bell. Because someone tweeted after Mahomes got his money, or it might have been a week before Mahomes got his money, at Chris Jones, they tweeted at him, don't be like at Le'Veon Bell and, you know, screw up your season. Like, he got paid. Play on the franchise tag. And then Le'Veon quoted like, shut up, fam. I did it for me. I was right. You do you, at C. Jones. And then C. Jones, like, tweeted back like, yeah, what we talked about last week. Like, so they're already on the He, he just together. got paid, like, John, oh, 30 minutes ago. Who? Chris Jones. Chris Jones? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Four years, $85 million, 60 guaranteed. God, Veach is throwing around some cash. <laughs> so if, if you're if you're George Kittle, and I understand the, they're not the same position, you go, well, I, I'm equally as good as Chris Jones. Like I, I just I think George Kittle has this all time outlier argument of just right. I, I, you're not signing me for $28 million. I ain't fucking doing it. Or 34 and, and making me feel good because I got six more than Hooper. Yeah, I mean, I guys, 50 is the number. And that's the minimum number. I'll give you a 50 number right but, now you know, because again, way early. I want to be here. Yeah. His problem, his tag is $12 million or whatever. By next year, maybe it's it's 11 or 12 or $13 million, right? But I, but I think he the Niners hate doing it. When's the last time the Niners tagged a player? I know. I guess it was last year, Robbie. But like, had a guy play on it. But like, they they don't like those Robbie Gold situations, right? They they were they they don't like that. I mean, that's just something that they playing with a lot more money than George Kittle, though. No, I I know, but it just it's because it it becomes a talking point that all your players have to answer to, that your coach answers to. Like, good organizations avoid that shit. It's why people are hard on the Cowboys, like Jerry. Why didn't you just give Dak Prescott? You could have got him for like $90 million last year. Instead, now you're going back and forth this year. Like when I was with the Eagles, like they just don't franchise guys. We had to do it with Deshaun because he was always in trouble, and it's like we didn't really want to pay him. But good good teams just don't really do that because it then you lose leverage. When you're franchising a guy, you're basically acknowledging that you really like the player, right? And he knows that, and you need the player. That's why I would offer George Kittle right now like $45 million. Like double Austin Hooper's numb money. And that would be something where, you know, listen, we're paying you early. We're doubling the money. And in a year, you would look like. Right. In a typical year, yeah. But like next year, if the salary cap goes down a little bit, it's just. Well, we, we, we guessed the number at 30, like 29 to 34, right? Yeah. I, I if somehow the Niners were to worst case scenario from a fan standpoint, trade George Kittle like the Raiders did Khalil Mack 
don't you think they would get a boatload of like the fans would be furious if I was a nine if like if I yeah, was a like, twenty year old diehard Niner fan I'd be fucking pissed. I'm I'd be mad I love watching the guy play and also remember the Mac thing had had an effect on the team yeah like you, on his teammates on the tra- locker room would you say George Kittle's untradeable right now like if someone offered you a one and a two. I think it would be too early to do something like that. Yes, but do I think I? I think it'd be naive to think he is just that any player is untradeable, untradeable. Do you think a one and a two would make the Niners listen? Right. I don't think. I, I see. I right now. I just don't know that you're ready. I. I don't think that's enough. Given like I would wonder who's the one coming from. I don't think it's enough probably, right now to yeah. that. You're trying to win Texans. a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, because it'd probably be a good team, right? You're not trading them there, to the Cowboys. There might not be a number. That, that you, I mean, I think he's untradeable right now. You're trying to win the Super Bowl this year. Because the difference with the Raiders is Gruden thought the team sucked. They ended up they, – they did suck. Yeah. Where the Niners, you go, we're going to try to win the Super Bowl this year, and this guy's our best player. So you, you can't. You can't do it right now. Now, could you do it next year? You could. I mean, is anybody other than quarterbacks really untradeable? No. But I would not expect him to be traded. But if he doesn't have a deal going into this season, I think it's fair to say, like, this is probably contentious might be strong, but clearly they're not on the same page, right? Because you would say, what do the Niners want to get done right now? Look at the Chiefs. They're extending all their players. Niners would love to extend their best player. They they would want, if if you follow the Niners, and you're listening to this, you probably have, you know the Niners extend guys early. They're not into like playing out the last year of the deal and getting. One stuck. of the reasons they didn't extend DeForest Buckner early is because I think they probably knew like, do we really want to pay this guy huge money because he was asking for big money? And they tried last year. Yeah, they offered him. Remember that was when DeForest Instagram that I was an idiot. It turned out it was true. Like he wanted huge cash and he got it. I don't blame him. You just said what he was asking for. What his agent had asked for though. Yeah, a lot of money. I don't think it was ever proven that that wasn't correct. No, it was proven correct. So, well, I think he ended up getting less guaranteed money than I claimed he denied the sixty million dollars. The difference was is their number was going to be like sixteen, seventeen a year. His big win it was from the Colts, deal. right, was short deal and huge yearly cash, yeah. like twenty one. Though I'd push back and be like, well, DeForest. Now, when you get traded for a one, you have leverage, right? They don't just cut you after two years. Like you, you think a a, a one. And a contract guarantees you three years, regardless of the guaranteed money. When I trade a one point. Yeah, it, I mean, to me, unless the whole operation turns over and you get a new coach and a new GM, it's maybe a new owner. You're pretty, you're pretty set. And he's kind of a recession-proof player because he's like, well, he just plays Yes, hard even him play. not worth his money is still an NFL starter, Pro Bowl-level player, or whatever. Um, well, is is DeForest Buckner last year worth twenty million, twenty one million dollars? Because to me, no. that's like, and I like the guy. No, I, I don't just think so. Do more probably like fourteen. Yeah. Uh, I guess we could finish with this, John. A quick announcement: DraftKings game is full. <laughs> so, as you listen to this, We're blowing up Tuesday afternoon, the DraftKings game filled up. This was seventy five entries. So the question is: Do we go hundred m- entries next week for the three M challenge? <laughs> well, the one thing the three M challenge, which will help us out is that the FedEx points to win the $15 million, like a lot of like the Kepkas of the world got to keep accumulating points. Ricky Fowler, some of these guys that are going the wrong mm-hmm. way, that I think there's a decent chance that this field's pretty packed okay, next good. week. Just just based on the point good. system. I'd say a typical year, no chance. 
But DraftKings is on the pod next week, and I, I I'll be honest. Even when I didn't, I think I didn't crack the top twenty. Did I get nineteen last week? I think 17? you were, uh, I think you were seventeenth or eighteenth. Just being in first place after one night and having ninety dollars next to my name reinvigorated yes. me. That's why. Do you agree? Like the winner take all games. You just you need some games where you're in twentieth and you just got a shot going into Sunday. I like the top fifteen having fifteen people just make you just make a few bucks. You feel like you won something because you did. It's hard. Yeah. Well, that that's where I think if we can get to like a hundred, hundred and fifty winning or just getting like fourth place, pay you know you win a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. All right, go get it. Time to hit the course. So you haven't had to re, you haven't had to redeposit anything. No, but I right? will if I don't win this week because we've been playing ten dollars oh. games and I got nine dollars and eighty cents left in the account. Yeah, I, I put ten bucks in, and I might have put an extra thirty in because I wanted to play some other games too. <laughs> All right. On that note, adios. See ya. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.